Welcome to Earful of Fantasy, the best damn fantasy football pod in the universe. We're live each Wednesday night on Facebook and available every Thursday morning from your favorite podcast service. Support the show for free stuff and an on-air shout-out at patreon.com slash earful. And be sure to hit us up throughout the week on Twitter at EOFantasy. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Earful of Fantasy podcast. My name is Liam Poach. Joined with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Maitland. Chris, how the heck are you doing there, guy? Uh, spectacular. You know, just excited to, to just drop so many takes. I mean, it's been three whole weeks since we've, since we've done one of these bad boys. So I'm, I'm rejuvenated. I'm ready to I'm ready to fire away. Awesome. So, as you guys know, if you've been watching the show all season, uh, we usually talk about fantasy football here. But since there's no more fantasy football, I played well, last well, in pretty much all of my leagues. On. So, yeah, 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 I do have one one uh, qu- quick uh, thing to say. One last fantasy thought for the season. So right I know ahead. everyone was wondering, like, hey, so everyone was wondering, like, hey, Chris, how did you fare in your three title games? Well, I won all three of them. Now, I'll spare you the details, but except for one. In my league that I'm the commissioner in, I actually texted Liam this after it yeah. happened because it was so I, insane. I, I can't believe that it is shame. <laughs> because it was ins- it was pure insanity. So we so let's go back to Sunday, December twenty second, two thousand nineteen. So I had a so the previous day I got burned. So I'm in, I'm in the championship game and the, uh, the person I'm playing and myself both got burned by Saturday matches. So this, this game's looking like a dud. We have, he had DeAndre Hopkins, Wolf Fuller, Brashad Perryman all crap their pants. Perryman did okay. Hopkins did terrible. Uh, Fuller got hurt early. I had the Bills defense and Jimmy Garoppolo. I woke up on Sunday morning lamenting my decision to not pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> That's how it went. And Fitzpatrick, and I spent the, and then I spent the duration of the one o'clock hour um, getting sad that he was throwing all these touchdowns. I'm like, I'm going to lose because I didn't play Ryan Fitzpatrick. But then a little thing uh, about 11.30 in the morning. So my two running backs were Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry, I don't know if you recall, uh, had a hamstring problem. And on Saturday night, he went from que- he went from good to go, not on the injury report, to questionable, and the Titans called up a uh, guy off their practice squad to play running back. So it became very ominous about Derrick Henry's status. He got he gets officially ruled out about ninety minutes before the game it was a one o'clock one o'clock start. They were uh, playing in Nashville uh, against the Saints. And anyways, I'm forced to uh, turn to my bench, and my third string running back is Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Obviously, everybody in the world the knows my third for Kenyon. The one and only Kenny Drake. I mean, he's the best running back in the NFL. I love him to death. And the four o'clock hour uh, beckons. Um, I am losing, as I said, horrifically. Everybody, uh, DJ Moore gets concussed in the first quarter. Um, Nick Chubb gets completely shut down by the Ravens. It's really Julio Jones was the only guy that had put up numbers for me in the one o'clock time slot. So we enter four o'clock, and again, everybody's and this, the uh, my opponent is doing the same thing. It's just it's just a, a complete fart fest all around. Everybody's dying. So, but I'm down by about 18, 19 points entering the uh, four o'clock time frame. I got, and this is, this is, and this is a weird, this, no one had anybody playing on the Monday night game or the Sunday night game. So it was all over 425. Like, so at like 730, we, we were going to know it was, we, it was all over. So it gets down to the point where his guys, he had uh, Chris Carson got hurt that game. 
And I think he had Darren Wall. He had Darren Waller. So they're all done at they were at 405. And I had so that I, I had Cortland Sutton going as well. He didn't didn't do a whole lot. So it came down to the point the only guy playing in the game was Kenyon Drake at this point. And he he got a big touchdown on the first drive. So I need it I need about eight points from Kenyon Drake to win the game. No one else, everyone else is done. Um, I'm going to about business. I'm not watching any games. So I think the the Cowboys and the Packers, as Cowboys and the Rams were playing, and I, I wasn't interested. So I'm playing. I'm playing NBA 2K, and I'm not. I'm like checking my score. Two player I'm checking the score. Correct. Correct. Indeed. Um, it's the only way to play. Uh, and I'm just minding my. I'm checking the score like every five minutes. I'm like, all right, Kenny Drake's playing. I'm like, I'm like, all right, like I'm doomed. I'm doomed. I'm doomed. No way this works out. I get a text from my friend that says. If Kenyon Drake wins you this game, you're going to have to write him a love letter. And so I'm like, no, no, he didn't score, did he? Because the game was completely at hand. The Cardinals had taken it to the Seahawks. I'm like, there's no way they're still running Kenyon Drake. He got a fucking touchdown. And I won the fucking game because of Kenyon Drake. Simply his outrageous performance, like 170 yards, two touchdowns, won me the game. It will not ever not be my favorite championship. I will cherish this forever. And Kenyon Drake, I'm even more indebted to you than ever. Are, are you going to get like, a little before. trophy made? I, I, I know your mom I has should. connections for, uh, for the trophy making business. I, 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 yes, I, I, I should get a Kenyon Drake trophy. You, I you, would buy like a, his, I not, you need to have like a portrait commissioned I, for, of Kenyon Drake uh, I put should onto get, this trophy. Uh, uh, yes. Well, I, I'll be the first to uh, I'll be the first to pose with this busted Canton. How about that? <laughs> yeah i'll make the special yeah. trip i'll make the special trip when he gets in and i'll get i actually i think i'm in, i actually think i have to give his uh his, his induction speech yeah, no. you're entitled to it at this point you you've been uh, yeah. riding his I mean, train as, this as, whole season yeah at least give me a cut of his deal when the cardinals resign him like kenny like like come on pal i've, I've been i've been you i've been stumping for you for years now i mean i i right? bought your i own you i own your dolphins jersey i should own your cardinals jersey and you now won me a fantasy title so kenny you're my best friend and i love you all right well moving on so, to the, move on the show now. yeah move <laughs> no so the, I'm, I'm glad that you won three championships while i placed bottom of the barrel in all three of mine so anyway That's moving on nice. to the meat of the what show for a rundown, we're going to give you one big takeaway a piece from, from the uh, NFL wildcard just last weekend. Then we're going to preview the upcoming divisional games. So, so we got Vikings at 49ers, Titans at Ravens, Texans at Chiefs, and Seahawks versus Packers. And then, of course, final thoughts. So, Chris, you just gave us a... Uh, you, you, you just gave us a long spiel. How about you go at it again? Tell us, what was your yep. one big takeaway oh. <laughs> from the wildcard really? round this weekend? All right. All right. Well... There was a lot to unpack from this. I mean, for me, per, I don't know about you, Liam, but I thought that was the most exciting wildcard weekend I could remember. I, ge- I genuinely it enjoyed was, watching every single game. I do remember that much. I, I, I agree. Yes, I will say I, I, I did not. I was incredibly tired on Saturday night, and I did not make it through the entire Patriots Titans game. Uh, but other than that, it was it was very exciting. Very very exciting. Obviously, I was pleased with the end result of the Patriots Titans game, but I did not yeah, catch man. a whole hell of a lot of it. That that. Uh, that uh, that Derrick Henry drive where he got all the yards was really fun though. <laughs> we got every single he caught every single yard. That second touchdown yeah. drop beautiful. Tannehill but had the Tannehill had the easiest job in America that night, man. He, he did. Arthur Smith called the simplest game plan uh, known to man, and it worked. <laughs> it worked like gangbusters. It's like <laughs> at he, least in the first half. It ended up the Titans good. were like an eight-year-old playing Madden, where they just did halfback yeah. run, like halfback dive it every was, single 
every single play. But the only thing um, is, though, it's just like they were they were doing the like they were doing the hurry up, and you just no matter what, you just couldn't stop them. So this eight year old is just pounding you at Madden because he's just running it up the middle every single time, and it's Madden yeah, no way. So like it, they have a- Adrian Peterson or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just seven yards a carry every yeah, just every every game seven yards a carry. Um, but what what kills me? No, it was a game that it was a game plan that would make Brian Sh- Brian Schottenheimer envious. I can tell you, like I mean that, was, or, or and Marty is dad too. I mean, like that was just like an old school, just like pounded. I mean, basically the uh, I I don't want to know how many old school football fans were just aroused by that game. I mean, that was like <laughs> I told who and you said the running game doesn't matter. Mike Malarkey was watching that game, just like oh, this I know. is what I needed. He's like that exotic Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't even exotic though. It was just it was just it was just Smash Mouth. Yep. So, but anyways, but not was, the game you were targeting weird, though, was it? No, no, no. It was a weird. But I'm saying like it was a weird wild weekend. So this was really really hard to actually make uh, to just boil it down to one way. But there was one thing that stood out above the rest, and I I came to a realization on Sunday afternoon um, at the end of the Saints Vikings game. And it is that we need to stop making excuses for the New Orleans Saints. They are not only like I'm so sick of no, oh, they got jobbed. Oh no, the poor New Orleans Saints. No, they are this generation's biggest chokers. Like, are you kidding me? With this I don't team? know, man. Twenty eight to three is pretty steep. But that was a off with the Falcons, the Saints, and no, the Saints. No one holds them accountable. Because I swear to God, because the, when they burst onto the scene in 09 and they took it to Peyton Manning and Sean Payton, I swear to God, like, no one will criticize Sean Payton because he had the balls to do that onside kick in the second half of the Super Bowl. Sean Payton is a stooge. He's a fucking stooge. And, like, who dials up? Well, first off, there's so I have a lot of there's so there's so many. I'm gonna try to keep this. This is gonna this is gonna go off the rails. I'm letting you know. This, yeah. this I have a lot oh. of. I'm sipping tea to this right now, man. Believe me. All right. So Sean Payton is not a good he, like this guy. I don't know what the hell over like comes over him in a playoff game, but he's needlessly aggressive, and then he just like forgets like the fundamentals, like dialing up at hail mary at, at before halftime. When Drew Brees, you know Drew Brees, yeah, he's forty and he and he looks pretty ageless, but his arm strength is not the same. So you he underthrows this deep ball that Anthony Harris absolutely just just undercuts the route and it lands in his friggin' chest. And then the Vikings drive down to kick a field goal and basically just steal whatever momentum the Saints had right, going into the half. And then then beat this. But this is again, and then now back to the choking. So you follow up Sean Payton's show. So Sean Payton then almost gets bailed out by his kick returner, his stud rookie kick returner, Deontay Harris. Puts them in, and then Breeze makes a nice throw to Michael Thomas, gets them an easy field goal range. Will Lutz is automatic in a dome. Automatic. As good as as good of a dome kicker as will come across the league. He shanks a 42-yard field goal. And then look at this. Drew, and then, then Drew Breeze. This team sets a record for the fewest turnovers in, in, in a, a single NFL season. Remarkable. I think mean, they turned over like seven, eight times. So th- they had that aforementioned pick. And then Breeze fumbles. They're driving down the. They're driving down the field. Taysom Hill is bailing them out. The Mormon missile. The the gadget <laughs> gadget extraordinaire. The, He's just the, bailing the best out. running quarterback in the NFL. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the, can go wild pound sand. Mistakes, 
The one guy on the Saints who showed up to play on Sunday was Taysom Hill. They should have given the ball a hundred times. Um, but anyways, Taysom Hill, get, he's he's running, he's throwing, he's catching, he's doing everything. So then the Saints are driving. It looks like they have like a touchdown sealed up. And then sure enough, Drew Brees holds out of the ball for an hour, gets strip sacked, the Vikings recover, and the nail was in the coffin from there. And it was just an embarrassing effort. And kudos to the Vikings for actually showing up. Kirk Cousins played a pretty good game. Mike Zimmer went in there, and he was – I mean, he he's pissed, as usual. And the Vikings' defense was physical. They man, another, another example of the Saints choking. That offensive line was one of the best in the league all year. Ryan Ramchek, in fact, graded as the, as the single best tackle in the NFL on Pro Football Focus for the entire friggin' season. Daniil Hunter took his lunch money for four quarters. <laughs> That line was getting blown up. Breeze, I mean, like consistently, like they couldn't run. Um, Breeze got put on his ass more than I've seen in a, quite some time now. Now, but I mean, but still, the line was still pass, still played passably enough to give Breeze some time to throw on certain plays. But like, just just an embarrassing effort from this of supposedly great franchise. And I'm just I'm so sick of this team, and, and it keeps happening. They like everyone's like, oh, they got jobbed in the, with the pass interference last year. No, no, no. They had every single chance to put the Rams away early in that game, and they didn't do it. They also had opportunities after that pass interference too. It's not like that was exactly. the end of the game. It, no, that, it, that was that not the, the end of the game. Two or no. five minutes, even. No, and I and and look on Sunday. Everyone's like, oh, they got jobbed. It's a pass interference in the end zone. What about what Adam Thielen ruined P.J. Williams' life on the previous play? And Kirk Cousins, the post who who had, had been the poster boy for choking veteran quarterbacks, make throws a dart down the field and 50 yards sets the Vikings up for an easy touchdown. And it's not like the Vikings are like riddled with like experience on the offensive side of the ball. You have guys that have made like one playoff run. Well, it, it's a it's a very tough it's actually a very top heavy offense and honestly like that's gonna 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 use gonna use that as a segue, Chris, in, in, into my like ob- observation was that all throughout Wildcard Weekend, I felt like all of these upsets, all of the all of these matchups were defined by one player on every team going off for a, for a big game, and that's the reason why you saw these upsets like against the Patriots and against the Saints because that. You know, granted, like, you know, all, I, I agree with most of what you said. The Saints, you know, they are pretty overrated, especially when it comes to uh, playing in the playoffs. I'm not overrated might not be the best word because they are a pretty talented team with talented players. But there's an overrated. It's fair because what have they done recently besides choke? I mean, they. They've been a great regular season team, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, and. I guess you could say that counts for something, but the playoffs is where it really matters. But anyway, you you look at you look throughout the wild card weekend. You see people like uh, Derrick Henry going for over 200 yards against the Patriots. DK Metcalf going uh, seven catches for 160 yards. Uh, the Vikings with Dalvin Cook going for 130 yards. Plus that that catch by Adam Thielen from Kirk Cousins throwing the dart directly over the middle. It was a great catch. I don't want to take any way, anything away from Cousins by saying it wasn't. But it doesn't exactly define – it doesn't, you know, put to bed all, all of the, oh, can Kirk Cousins perform in, you know, big-time games. No, it was a great he's, throw he's, in a big-time game. No. But there's still a, a much longer history of him not performing in this no. in these instances uh, that's going to be uh, concerned going forward in the playoffs. I, I completely agree. But 
Did you think Cousins could make that throw? Because I sure as hell didn't. No, no, no. That it, was it, great. No, but here, better catch by Thielen, though. I'm, I'll argue that. Uh, sure. But the fact that Cousins put a ball on target in that situation, third down in overtime of a, of a, on the road in, in a hostile environment is unbelievable. Now, that's because the game wasn't in prime time. Because it was it was in that one o'clock window. <laughs> it was in That's that one o'clock window. Let, let's yeah. put it at eight o'clock at night when he's getting a little sleepy. Yeah, and thankfully for Kirk, he won't. He's not in prime time this week either, so he won't nope. have to worry about it unless they get to the NFC Championship game. He's not going to have to worry about prime time. This is the NFL rigging the playoffs for the Vikings. For the they're Vikings, put, they'll put the Super Bowl at, at twelve p.m. You know, yep. Eastern Standard they're Time. They're going to move it up to a noon time start. No, they're going to flip the AFC and NFC Championship game time starts. The NFC Championship is going to be the 305 game now because so Kirk yep. Cousins can go in and win that bitch. Bring some joy yep. to the to the Twin Cities. They're going to they're, they're going to move the Super Bowl to London so that they're playing at <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning. Hell yeah, nine o'clock Central Time, baby. It's going to be it's going to be Kirk Cousins bonanza, and 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 yeah. and, and they're and they're going to go back and they're going to actually just have him play the Steelers or some sub 500 team. But so let, let's let's talk about another team that if they hadn't been playing the Eagles, I don't think they would have advanced past wild, the wild card round, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. Considering their offensive line um, is ju- is just a mess, and their options uh, besides Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are just as non-existent no, as as the Patriots. I, I no mean, offense they're... to Mr. Jacob Hollister, of course, but you no. Know, go, going back to my point about <clears throat> that uh, this wild card round being defined by players having big games. DK Metcalf setting the rookie record for uh, the most receptions and yard, or not most receptions, sorry, the most yards in a playoff game uh, with 160 yards is just damn impressive. This guy went towards the end of the second round, yeah. and people were mocking him at a top ten. You know, and it's it's baffling he, to me that he, he fell he, so he, far now at this point. Now I'll give you that he was. I was surprised he fell that far, but he wasn't like a universally beloved pick. He was considered. No. He was in contention to be the number one pick, number one receiver pick. It was basically people had, but there was there was serious question marks going about him. But he wasn't like a beloved, fully beloved prospect. Now, did I expect but, him to tumble to the last pick of the second round? Absolutely not. But the kid, I mean, there was questions about his health, his dur- his his durability, and his ability to basically be anything more than like a deep threat because he had well, that's that that's you know not that i disagree on it i mean like you know the obviously <clears throat> sorry the the durability questions were definitely there but i feel like there was an element of ego for why he fell so far because people <clears throat> you know like there was always this there, there was always this idea um that if you put him in the right sort of uh, in the right sort of scheme and the right sort of playbook, he would be successful because the kid was yes. just too athletic to not have any potential. I, I agree. And I, agree. I, I think people kept on seeing it's like, all right, well, if he doesn't fit into my scheme, into what I want to do, then he's completely useless. But you put him into an, into a system with somebody like Pete Carroll, who's, you know, the ultimate players coach and is great at, at planning around the, the pieces that he does have available in front of him, Absolutely. you know, rivaling Bill Absolutely. Belichick. I think DK Metcalf could have su- succeeded as a Patriot had they not taken Nikhil Harry mostly for the um, yards after catch. But but Brady there. isn't a deep ball quarterback. The thing with Russell Wilson is, I would say, is the single best deep ball quarterback in the NFL right now. And mm. Metcalf is such a perfect fit for their scheme. And it's funny because I spent the entire pre-draft process. I was one of the people that hated DK Metcalf. I thought he was. I thought he had bust written all over him. However, the minute the Seahawks <laughs> took him, I was like, ah, shit, I can see that working. Now, yep. did I expect the, this level of results? No, but I immediately like went from dumping on Metcalf repeatedly, thinking like this might work. 
Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna look up receiving stats right now. I think he finished with just under a thousand yards. He was, yeah, I believe he ended up. He was second or third among rookies. I think he was third because he didn't do, he didn't do much week seventeen. So I think he ended up being third behind Terry McClure and AJ Brown. Yeah, so he is at DK. He did well. He's I mean, he got nine hundred yards on the dot. That's that's fantastic for a rookie. That's yeah. ter- that's tremendous. And it, you know, and it's, it's, especially considering that there were games where he definitely did fall off the stat sheet. Yeah, and he was. I would say he was the best player on that field on Sunday. He was. He popped. He popped. He he came up in big spots. He made some absolutely ridiculous catches. That touchdown was beautiful. I mean, it was a bullet by Russell Wilson, but it was an absolutely hell of a catch. And the fact that he had the wherewithal to get up and run it in for the touchdown. To, to figure out he to, to yeah, had to wear the real he wasn't touched running in view. that kind of field awareness is very rare in a rookie and you no, know, going forward in the playoffs absolutely. that's going to be something that's going to be crucial is situational awareness you know you know uh, you know while playing the game while the ball is in play uh, yeah so great great things yeah. going forward for DK yeah, Metcalf the, the thing is I, I will slightly disagree with your take on Seattle not being able to win that game if Wentz was in it because the Seahawks win ugly they don't win pretty ever uh, particularly now with you considering how well, banged it, up they not, are it wasn't just but Wentz like that Eagles team was it, limping into that game as it was they were but so are the Seahawks the Seahawks are, are but the, the Seahawks are absolutely are completely decimated by injury too the thing with Seattle is that they're de- they're like they remind me of the Chiefs defense from a couple years ago where they absolutely suck until like until they get into the red zone like they blow like you can run all over you can pass all over but then they they tighten up in the red zone it makes no goddamn sense the yeah. the epitome of a bend don't break defense Just and they did it against the niners too well here's what seattle has though above everybody else that's left in the nfc field now i now they are i think they're too i think they're too depleted to really like go to win it all but they have a quarterback coach advantage, particularly coach advantage, that, that over everybody else left in the field in the NFC. Because you, you look at it, you have Matt LaFleur, you have friggin' uh, Kyle Shanahan, and, oh God, oh God, why am I doing this right now? It's, it's, yeah, it's Pete Carroll. It's, it's, tell me. it's Pete Carroll, and friggin', oh my God, and, uh, and Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, yeah, and Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer. So Zimmer, I'll give you, but I think Carroll's a better coach than Zimmer. So you, you got the two like wily veterans, and then you have you have the two the two young bucks there. And aside from Rodgers, I mean, I think quarterback. I mean, I think well, I think Wilson has the best has the best playoff track record of anybody uh, left in the NFC field. I say Wilson has the best track record of anybody left in the field total. Period. Con- yeah, so con- con- considering he has a Super Bowl win and you know more, I think he, he probably has more playoff wins than Aaron Rodgers at this point. He, yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't, Rodgers has been in the league longer. I think Wilson has better, just as generally has a better track record in the playoffs. I think Wilson showed up more in the playoffs than Rodgers had. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think Rodgers has the level of, say, Drew Brees. I don't think he's the level of underperformance. Like, Rodgers has done things in the playoffs in the last five, six years that has impre- have impressed me. I mean, that friggin' air, that, uh, uh, was the, the hell was Mary. a wild card weekend when he bailed him out with those. The hell Mary was insane. Insane. And he did it twice. Mm-hmm. Jeff Janis, baby. That was, that was wild. Wild mm-hmm. shit. So, yeah, I, I think now one thing before we move on, I know we're already at the 22-minute mark, but one thing, can we please talk about uh, the Buffalo Bills for a second and just the pure oh. insanity <laughs> that occurred with that team? I mean, it looked like the first three uh, quarters of that game, you're like, points. they're going to do it. 
16 nothing. Like it's happened. Like Houston was just doing their typical Houston thing. Like they completely, Bill O'Brien had packed it in. Like Deshaun Watson wasn't doing much. They're like, all right. Like here come the Texans. Like, Bill oh, another. Like, like, well, like, I, I made the playoffs. My job is safe. No need yeah, to do exactly. anything. I won more. the AFC South. I won the AFC South. Good enough for me. Like, you, like it was the typical. It just reeked of that Saturday afternoon Texans getting embarrassed special. And then Josh Allen's like, not so fast, guys. I'm still <laughs> Josh Allen. Yeah, and the Bills just remind everybody why they're the single most cursed team in the NFL. Because after all, after all the stupidity that Josh Allen did with that, with that, oh my God, when he got him out of field goal range, with that goddamn oh, scrambling with the to lose like a total of like fifteen or sixteen yards, the intentional grounding and then taking the sack. I'm this- like. The, the oh, trifecta of everything you're not supposed yikes, to do as a yikes, quarterback. Yikes, 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 And then after all this, and then the Bills survived. It looked like they were going to possibly get out of it. Over to they get the ball. Josh Allen makes that great run, and then he stupidly laterals it at the beginning of overtime. He tries to rugby you, lateral no, it. He tries to go full the G and, and it, if it wasn't for the wherewithal of his rookie tight end, Dawson Knox, to knock the ball out of bounds, Texans would have won that game earlier. But then everything's looking fine. They're, they're, House has got a makeable field goal. Matter this is the second drive. They kicked that field goal. They win. They had already possessed the ball once apiece. So Cody Ford gets a friggin' illegal hands to the fa- like a Like the play keeps completely out of the play. And Allen gets like a four yard run to put House get like get a little bit closer. It was like a 45 yard field goal. Very makeable. House is a, a good kicker indoors. No problem. Should be no problem, at least. And then Cody Ford gets that stupid penalty, and the Bills get knocked at a field goal range. Then obviously we know what happens uh, later on. The Bills, uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, uh, elusiveness gets him out of a sack that no, he had no business getting out of, and Kaimi Fairband hits an easy field goal. The f- funniest part, and then this, this is, again, again just speaks to how cursed the Bills are. So Watson gets out of it, and he throws a pass to Taiwan Jones, the third-string running back. Like, oh, man. And you have to feel for the Bills, man. That's the, yeah, you have to feel for them. Th- there's well, always that no name. There's that no name guy in every playoff run who always, you know, every, every dog has his day, and there's always that I, somebody getting their five minutes. And hey, Mister Jones, I here's don't to think you. Taiwan Jones will be in that club because I think more the more of the uh, focus we put on the fact that Deshaun Watson was able to escape that sack. I mean, that's the thing. I don't even remember both guys. I don't even remember both guys. He, allu- I know Matt Milano was one of them. I don't know who the second guy was off the top of my head. I just know that Dewan, I did, I just know that Deshaun Watson just again, poor guy, like he's done so many times, managed to get out of a like just elude a sack because he's so goddamn athletic. Yeah, and, honestly, yeah. It, it's funny with Houston being such a big city, like you know, in, in, in such a big media market. The fact that Deshaun Watson isn't one of the most beloved quarterbacks, like on the level of Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, is crazy to me. Considering the he, fact that he should dude, be man. Yeah, that team's record blank. would look so much different without him. But no, anyway, he can't play his ass off. He he, well, he deserves he, he deserves to be a superstar. Yeah, we'll we'll have an opportunity to talk to talk more about Deshaun Watson later in the show, and definitely cool. uh, we're going to. But now moving on to Vikings versus the 49ers, the first uh, playoff uh, game of the divisional round. So my take on this is uh, I'm saying Car- Cousins Guardian Angel, the one who was definitely present uh, in, in the game. On his shoulder during the feel and throw, just be like, like, you know, to put just this much arm strength on it, Kurt, you got it. Yeah. 
th- th- that Angel's going to have its work cut out for this one. Uh, as the, the Vikings, they have really not performed well when going up against top tier defensive fronts this season. And I would consider, you know, the likes of D Ford and Joey Bosa uh, to be pretty top tier. However, what you have to understand, I, I, I mentioned this about the Vikings earlier in the show. When you have a healthy Dalvin Cook and a healthy Adam Thielen, that's a whole different X factor because this offense is very top heavy. That's what their identity is built around. And so it's kind of like, yo, no shit that their offense runs better and is much more efficient and is much more productive when those two are in play. And Stefan Diggs isn't having to be the number one guy, you know, nothing against Stefan Diggs. He definitely showed up in games uh, throughout all the season. But Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, I think, are definitely going to make a big difference in this game, especially with keeping that pass rush just a little bit honest. Dalvin Cook, he can definitely catch, catch passes out of the backfield, but he's also somebody who can stave off that first tackle. So that's going to, you know, not so much neutralize people like D Ford and Nick Bosa, uh, but at least make their job just that much more difficult and that much harder to put uh, pressure uh, on Kirk Cousins. However... Kirk Cousins showing up in the big game. You know, it might not be prime time, but there's a lot of pressure in this one. Yeah. You, now you need pressure is, to make diamonds, baby, I guess. You you do. You do. And and Kirk Cousins' guardian angel, of course, is Scott Stapp from Creek. <laughs> that, that's that's who that's who helps him out. That's that's the god that he prays to. Um, but anyways, um, now this game is incredibly hard for me to forecast. I've been back and forth on it entirely because here, here's why. Because it's because as you just stated, it's incredibly difficult to have any faith in Kirk Cousins. Even like this one game is not gonna undo the legacy of blowing it in the big moment that he has. And when you go to the other side of the field, you have the the Niners who off who is a largely young roster uh, with a quarterback and an that is erratic as possible. You cannot come across a more erratic quarterback in the NFL this season than Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't know if this offense is going to score forty but points he, or five. He's solid just enough. We yeah. won the NFC. But you don't know. But look at what he did against, say, the Saints, where he was unbelievable on the road. He, he absolutely lit them up. And then the next week he goes and lays an egg against Atlanta at home. And they lose. Like, it you happens. don't know what the hell you're going to get out of this guy. You, you also, and you also de- need to remember, he, he, doesn't, he still doesn't have that many games as a star. I mean, like. Granted, like no, he has you're a right. decent amount of games as a starter, but he's still learning in many ways, and I think he's exactly where you want to be. You know, what you get your team to twelve and four, you get you know that that it is what it is. You know, yes, and you have a, a variety of factors. I mean, like also on the coaching side, I think Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's the architect of the of the uh, twenty eight to three uh, Falcons bl- blown lead. True. So, Chris, it looks like you. you- there we go. Jazz, but I think that weeks exposed in recent weeks. So and Minnesota, if you look at what Minnesota did last week, New Orleans has a good defense and they they were able to attack them pretty consistently. I mean, Delvin Cook was looked looked like no worse for wear. Adam Thielen looked healthy for the first time in a month. And I think if you if they Vikings gonna have a balanced attack, I, I think I I I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but I think Minnesota has a decent chance. I think they have an offense. San Francisco has a below average run run defense. Um, if you San Francisco can be exploited via the pass, if you don't go out, obviously Richard Sherman has been incredible. He's had a resurgent season this year. Quarterbacks will the be better of off just throwing it away for in terms of their quarterback rating than throwing it towards Richard yeah. Sherman, which is insane. Sherman. Sherman is having insane. He's having his best year in ages, and but the problem is the other corners are not very good. Akello Weatherspoon not very good, and but the Vikings while they're not loaded loaded they have enough targets where they have enough secondary targets where they can easily avoid throwing to Richard Sherman I mean 
Quan Alexander's coming back this week too, but who knows how healthy these guys are going to be. That's the thing is you don't know what the hell you're going to get when guys come back injured, come back from major injuries. Quan Alexander in particular was supposed to be out for the season, so who knows? I know J.J. Watt was played okay last week, but like you don't know how these guys are going to handle uh, going out there when they're not when they're way under 100. percent It's funny that they said they were going to have J.J. Watt on a pitch count, yet like by no, the it didn't look quarter, like it. he was did out there. Like yeah, didn't look like it. Obviously, he made a he made a huge sack that that definitely helped the Texans give they gave the Texans the uh, first uh, bit of life they had in the entire game. So I don't know, but I I, I don't know. It's just weird because this is an incredibly hard game for me to predict because I, I don't trust either of these teams at all. But I'm I'm leaning towards Minnesota simply because I don't know. I think Kirk Cousins. I think oddly enough, I think Kirk. I think that that the monkey might have come off Kirk Cousins' back a little bit. I think he must feel really friggin' good after doing that on he the road that. after after all the he, shit. He, he does like that. that. So what if he like swagging Kirk Cousins and he just goes out there and he's like he like he's like he's finally like like beaten his demons and he just like rides in rides into Santa rides into Santa Clara and just tears shit up. Gets all pissed. So I was back I've been back and forth this game all week. Right now I'm picking the Vikings. All right. Um so I've been back and forth on this, but I'm gonna have to go with the Shanahan defense and I'm gonna go with the 49ers on this one. That's another thing. Sorry, that's another thing I didn't mention. I really Minnesota's defense is very, very physical. And the Niners, I don't think, can match that outside of George Kittle, and their line's not very good either. And Minnesota, Minnesota wreaked wreaked havoc on Drew Brees last week. And I think that I think they could they could conceivably do the same thing as Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Well, moving on, <clears throat> we have the Titans going to the Ravens. So obviously the Titans with the golden boy, Ryan Tannehill, who there's rumored to be looking to extend long-term while Mariota is very likely on his way out of music. Uh, Mariota's on, he's, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's funny. I think it might be the most amicable, you know, pa- like, you know, parting of the ways, like, like, you know, the fan yeah. base never really turned on Mariota. It never seemed like the front office was like unhappy with them. It was just, yeah. You know. But how could you? That's the thing. Mariota is such like an anonymous player that I don't know how you could really get that mad at him. And it's not like Tennessee was really all that bad when he was there. They were just very mediocre. And also, the guy Mariota seems like a very pleasant fella, so that also helps. Yeah, he's and Hawaiian man. I, I'll, I'll be very excited. I'll be very excited when he's backing up Mr. Biscay next year. And eventually, takes his job. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that Mariota's coming to Chicago. I'm not so. Anyway, Chris, go, feel free to use this opportunity now to, uh, you know, talk about your love for Derrick Henry a little bit more. Well, Derrick Henry is a hero. That's really all I need to know. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Titans weren't uh, the main reason the Titans weren't a great matchup for the Patriots. Now, I fully expected the Patriots to win the game just because I, I don't pick against the Patriots this time of year. I'm, I, I've been I've been burned too many damn times, but. The reason the reason I had I wasn't like I gave Tennessee like a decent chance to win the game is because the Patriots' uh, rush defense is incredibly soft and Derrick Henry is an incredibly hard runner and it, basically as we said earlier Tennessee's entire game plan was just handing the ball to Derrick Henry a hundred times and it worked it worked gangbusters over two hundred yards to score I, was, I I saw a touchdown he did not get the other touchdown but like basically he controlled the, he controlled the entire tempo of the game and the Patriots just couldn't he he did just enough for the Titans to win so I appreciated I mean he was he was just one of the many. Uh, beautiful individuals responsible for the, for putting the Patriots in this position to get eliminated in the first round. Um, I'd also like to thank Ryan Fitzpatrick for that for that sh- staggering Week 17 home upset, and I'd also like to thank uh, the New York uh, Football Jets, Adam Gase, Sam Darnold for beating the Steelers and putting the Titans give uh, giving the Titans the edge in the tiebreaker after that. So 
thanks to all of you. You're all delightful. <clears throat> and the, for the first time in 10 years, uh, I can enjoy uh, an NFC chain. Sorry, for the first time since 2010. Sorry, nine years. Uh, first, first, I can enjoy a uh, the the, uh, the uh, playoffs without the threat of the New England Patriots going to the Super Bowl. So this is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me some more about it. But anyway, how do you think that Titans offense is actually going to stack up against that ra- that Ravens defense? Oh, yes, but, like that, um, you got they're going to have to. Ward, uh, Jimmy Ward's on the Niners. No, Jim, so, sorry, no, no, no. Uh, who, who's the, the cornerback that went to the Ravens? Freaking Marcus, Marcus Peters. Pe- Mar- Marcus Peters. There we go. Yeah. I don't have no idea where where Jimmy Ward came it's, from. It's, that. it's fine. You're still thinking Niners. You're still thinking Niners, man. We just talked about I'm, the Niners. I'm still thinking Niners. But yeah, but considering the fact that, that they actually have a legitimate uh, cornerback in Marcus Peters to shut down yeah. uh, uh, their number one option in A.J. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it will. Now, will, will it, and also, can Derrick Henry handle that workload? Um, I wouldn't be concerned about Henry being able to work to um, handle the workload. What I would be concerned is I don't think that lack of diversity is going to fly against the Ravens because unlike the Patriots, the Ravens are pretty stout against the run, actually very stout against the run. I believe they're top five in the league. So without that glaring weakness on the defense, they're going to be, because like, like the Patriots, they're not quite as good, but the Ravens also have a, have a fast physical secondary. That's hard to, that's hard to throw around. That's hard to throw on. And, Tennessee, if they want to win this game, is going to need to have a balanced attack because you can't get away with that. That shit, that shit can only work once. You can only, I mean, like basically, you need to face a soft, soft, def, soft, soft defense, a soft front for that uh, game plan to work. And it barely worked. I mean, they didn't. It's not like they went under the Patriots. Like up, they went up to Jaws Stadium and absolutely like manhandled the Patriots. It was a, yeah, it, it was it a was one point game. Thirteen, they were up by It was one a one point a game. Time. It was a one point game. Like the Patriots, it became it became twenty to thirteen on a throwaway. Like the Patriots had no chance of winning. There was it was they were stuck in their own end zone and Brady threw up a friggin' ill advised pass as a as a prayer and Logan Ryan for, got a pick for six. an ill advised pick six if 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 all is like you know being honest with it you know Logan Ryan probably should have just fell to the ground when he picked that off but instead I don't but hey just run it whatever dude run it in it's fine yeah just just say you beat, beat the Patriots by more than one that's okay that's okay but I think Tennessee's got to come up with the Tannehill's gonna actually have to like throw the ball this week for them to um do do anything. Against Baltimore, yeah. and and I also don't uh, defensively. I don't. I don't. I think that now one thing that confused me about the, the Patriots' approach to that game is Sony Michelle was actually like running well, and then McDaniel's was like, you know what, guys, we're gonna uh, we're gonna stop running the ball in the second half in a one point game. This Tom wants to throw. Tom wants to be on we, TV. No, and we've had success against the run. We're running the ball, so let's just like you know abandon it real quick. And Tennessee is much better against the pass than they are against the run, and also. Baltimore, even without the guarantee of a healthy Mark Ingram, the Ravens have a variety of ways they can attack you running the ball, and I just think it's not a good matchup for the Titans because they can hit you. They can hit you with Lamar Jackson, obviously. They can hit you with Gus the Bus. <laughs> they can hit you with Justice Hill. They can run little sweeps with Marquise Jet sweeps with Marquise Brown and whatnot. Willie Sneed. So they can they can and I just think again I think that the, the sheer um, creativity of the Ravens rushing attack along with the proficiency of it, I think just makes it a very, very uh, bad match of the Tennessee Titans on defense. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I mean, I definitely agree with you on the running aspect of, uh, you know, in, in my notes, I was said like, you know, this game clock, it's going to be running like Usain, Usain Bolt up until the fourth quarter. Yeah, this is going to be a very quick game. Exactly. Because, you know, both of these teams, um, you know, the Ravens are ranked number one in rushing offense. Titans are ranked number three. And, you know, while Ingram is a threat by himself, the Ravens are, you know, they're a two-headed dragon with a QB who just had himself a thousand-yard season in that regard. 
So meanwhile, the ton- the Titans run game, you know, it's only threatening as long as Derrick Henry remains threatening. And after the workload yeah. that he got versus New England, um, like, you know, again, like I said, I'd be surprised to see him do it again, like with the same volume, because that definitely has to take an impact on your body. Uh, I think yeah, the Ravens, they, they would be smarter to dare Tannehill to win this with his arm, which, you know, it, that's actually not the most frightening prospect for the Titans either, you know, given the, their offense actually put up yeah. more yards per play I, than any other team this season. Yeah, and, Tannehill looked, I mean, you wouldn't know it from that game on Saturday, but like he's been playing really well. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he's been throwing the ball, the ball well. He's been throwing it accurately. Still, we still saw plenty of games, not just in Miami, but this season as well, where Tannehill, you know, he pops out of his gopher hole to, you know, to be the old, the, the Ryan Tannehill of old and makes yeah. a back-breaking, you know, game-ending interception or something along those lines. That, yeah, that but- Ryan Tannehill, that, that version of him has not disappeared, <laughs> much like the, you know, the unreliable and big-time moments version of Kirk Cousins. Those people are still there. They might be, you know, but, regressing back into the shell, but they might be finally no, turning a corner. But the thing with Tannehill, though, is despite the fact that he was obviously he way he was blah on the whole when he did throw the ball, he did make that huge third down throw at the end of the game, and he did make a beautiful throw of that touchdown in the first quarter. So, like, he did have a, a couple moments amidst the uh, f- the forgettability of that game. No, definitely. Well, I don't know. Mo- so- well, so yeah, so, so we're both we're both safe to say we're both going with the Ravens. I think that's pretty yeah. clear. I, I think I think yeah, Derrick Henry should be able to have some success, but I just think I just think it's a really bad matchup for Tennessee. And even with the Ravens' inexperience, I mean, obviously you don't know how the hell Lamar Lamar Jackson's obviously his first playoff game was ugly as hell last year, but I think he's a I think he's taken uh, a significant step forward. I think that him and Greg Roman are going to come up with a good plan, and they're going to attack that Tennessee Tennessee defense. Uh, in and Tennessee is not going to be able to stop stop their uh, rushing attack. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see this being a more lower low scoring game than people think, just because of the, yeah, the large running factor. But yeah, no, yeah. I I think you know Lamar Jackson he, in the end, I think he has more reliable targets to to throw to, yep. and I think he's gotten way better as a passer this season. Um, offensive line is probably a little bit better than than the Titans at this point. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm definitely be going with the Ravens as my victor ultimately in this game. All right, so moving on to a, a game that we have now we're much on addri- the Sunday. Yeah, well, now we're on the Sunday to a game that we kind of have have addressed in bits and pieces: Texans at the Chiefs. We, we just one team. Yeah, we actually uh, have not discussed the Chiefs once until right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mentioned Pat Mahomes briefly, just when wondering why he's not mentioned, why Deshaun Watson's not mentioned in That's the same true. conversation. That's true. That's true. However. They're definitely going to be mentioned in the same conversation, especially when it comes to talking about the Chicago Bears. Oh yes, oh, fans yeah. of theirs, they're, they're going to yep. watch this game and wonder. Oh yeah, the the 2017 quarterback been, draft. What yes. could have been two of the, the most ascending QBs in the NFL doing battle in divisional ra- divisional round? Well, yep. Trubisky, he has one more year on a very tight leash to prove that he deserves to stick around in Chicago. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um. It was bad enough watching that Sunday night football game, week 16, the meaningless Sunday night game, where they were like, hey, you, like, remember Mitch Trubisky went second, Patrick Mahomes went, t- like, went tenth. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome, dude. It's so great. And now I get to watch the two. No, because I get to, now Mahomes, I've, I've said it before in this program, I believe. I don't get super sad about them passing on Mahomes because I think Mahomes was a project, and I, I don't think he would be where he is today if he didn't end up with Andy Reid. I just don't. I think he's. I think he's an incredibly raw prospect coming out. 
And yeah, I think the Reed's, season he sat behind Alex Smith too was definitely beneficial. Was absolutely was absolutely beneficial. And Reed's track record with quarterbacks is better than anybody in the league right now as a coach. I think he's the best best offensive mind we have in the league, and that that has benefited Mahomes greatly. Um, I will, however, say I'm incredibly depressed every time I watch Deshaun Watson play because Watson was uh, absolutely polished enough to be the be the first quarterback off the board, and he would be way better than Trubisky. And his natural ability is ridiculous. And I and Bill O'Brien is a stooge. So like if Bill o, if he's playing this well for freaking Bill O'Brien, he'd be playing every bit as good or better for freaking Matt Nagy. So I get incredibly, incredibly depressed every time I watch them play. And now I get to watch them square off on national television, the divisional round, and I'll be uh, that will be entering. Now will it, will it dominate my thoughts throughout the game? No, but will I have sad contemplative moments throughout? You bet your ass I will. <laughs> well. Honestly, this game, uh, you you might be imagining a game where both these quarterbacks are throwing, you know, three, four touchdowns apiece because this game has all the make- makings of an absolute shootout. But that's actually why I think it's not why the why it's going to be the exact opposite. I think this game's going to be pretty low scoring. I think Tyreek Hill and Will Fur- Will Fuller they're going to eat up a bunch of big downfield, it, you know, you know go route targets. Um, he, well, he, I, I thought his hamstring is still like in rough shape. He he's they're expecting him to. They're hoping that he's going to. They, they obviously they held yeah. him out of the wild card round with hopes that he would be available for this week. So if Will Fuller is healthy, I think he him and Tyreek Hill they're going to be playing that you know that deep shot game. And I think that's end up going to yeah. end up to a lot of wasted opportunities, a lot of three and outs. That's just going to eat up a bunch of game clock. Now on paper, I think the Texans should be the better team. You know, because to compliment Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. they have Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. Duke Jobs, Duke Johnson, obviously being the more pass catching back. Uh, Carlos Hyde being the guy who can take it between the tackles. Unfortunately, Bill O'Brien has a tendency to kind of over accentuate either the the passing game or the running game. You know, granted, what his fucking mood is. I mean, the dude's from Quincy. What are, are you telling happens? me that Bill O'Brien doesn't have a clear game, clear, consistent, uh, or same game plan. The, the the man is from Quincy. All right, uh, w- what are you gonna do about it? You know, yeah, I mean, he went to St. John's Prep, dude. I thought they only let smart people. Did in he there. really? He did. Yep. Did, I, I thought I, I thought he went to the other St. John's. The um, did he go to the Danvers one? Ah. Oh yeah, that's the only that's the only St. John's Prep that I'm aware of. There, there, there St. Is. John's schools, but but specifically St. John's Prep. Maybe there is no St. John's Prep, but he did indeed go to St. John's Prep in Danvers, Massachusetts. This is this is riveting for people who are not from Massachusetts. That's right. Bill O'Brien happened to go to high school in uh, Liam and I's neck of the woods. Yeah. So for for, for the un, for the uh, unaware parties, Qu- Quincy not near us. Quincy's just outside. No, of that, that, that's a long but, ride to school, yeah, that, man. That's on the that's on the that. that's on the fake South Shore. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge that Quincy's at the start of the South Shore. Right, thing. anything past Hingham. Yeah, you know exactly. Hingham, Hingham, Cohasset. <laughs> oh, that's where yeah. it starts. Hull, Hull. Yeah, that's Hull. the South Shore, not Quincy and Braintree. <laughs> Bastards. All right, again. So that will end the Massachusetts geography uh, segment of this show. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bill O'Brien. We're, so I'm glad. So you you share my uh, vitriol for Bill O'Brien. No, 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 not your immense hate. I <laughs> I have my complaints about Bill O'Brien, but I I I think anybody who's been able to put up the record that he has with the awful offensive lines and quarterbacks deserves a freaking pat on the back. Yeah, I disagree. I I, I think the dude is just like I, I think I think they I think the Texans have succeeded. Now I no, do I think he deserves to get fired based on his records? No. But I think the Texans have routinely succeeded in spite of him. 
including last Saturday. Because I don't think that game plan was particularly – that game plan was basically the Bills pooped themselves and then eventually gave Deshaun Watson enough opportunities to do Deshaun Watson things. I think that's what happened on – I think that's what happened on last Saturday. Now, heading into this game – now, I think it's interesting because – the Chiefs are cursed at Arrowhead. They've only won one playoff game at Arrowhead in the last like 30 years. And that was last season against the Colts. It's bonkers. But I think the Texans just bur- simply, and again, I'm not going any X's and O's thing at all, but I think that the combination of the fact that Texans burned out all their luck last week against Buffalo. I think that they just like burn like every like like goodwill thing they got. They just used it all to to get out to pull out that win. But that playoff uh, win is going to get Bill O'Brien a four year extension, baby. Four year extension, baby. <laughs> the, the, the Bob McNair's son is going to just just hook him up. But I, I think so. Even if you throw so if you throw out so let's get past my uh, my uh, football gods argument here. I just think the Chiefs are uh, the Texans haven't haven't been playing super well of late over the last like month. And Kansas City has been the exact opposite. Kansas City has been playing their best football over the past month. Their defense all of a sudden is pretty damn good. Uh, Mahomes is fully healthy again, and their offense is showing. They got Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs yeah. is is popping for He's that defense. Said, yeah, exactly. And I, I think he'll be a big. I honestly, I think, I think, I think uh, Sizzle will be a big help for them, for at least from a leadership standpoint, because they don't have they don't have a lot of not a lot of experience on that on that group for the most part. So I think he'll absolutely. Have- but the Chiefs secondary is actually sneaky pretty good. I think they'll be able to uh, slow down DeAndre Hopkins uh, as 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 much as you can. Uh, the Chiefs running game has kind of come into its own over the last few weeks, which is a surprise. Damian Williams has actually looked like the guy that people, ex- to an extent, the guy people, people expect him to be going into the season. And also, the Texans' defense is dead. And I think if the Bills weren't led by Josh Allen last week, I think and and even Tyrod, baby, they need Tyrod to come back. Yeah, exactly, T-Mobile, he's coming back. Send him back to Orchard Park. Um, but even with considering the Bills' like woes and lack of explosiveness on offense, like they still made some huge splash plays on them. Obviously, that uh, that whole reverse touchdown was kind of hilarious to, from John Brown to uh, Josh Allen. Devin Singleton, they had that huge pass from uh, Josh Allen to Devin Singleton. It was like 50-yarder in the third quarter. And I don't know. I think Kansas City will be able to exploit that Houston defense. And I think, I don't know, I, I think time will just – I think the, the – the gods will come, will smite the Texans in the divisional round like they tend to when, yep, when they don't smite them in the wild. But like round. I said, that, that, that one time, that one victory for Bill O'Brien, though, is going to keep him in Houston. If I'm not mistaken, Bill O'Brien's other playoff win, his, his only one before this one, um, was against was the Connor Cook led Raiders. Yeah. And then the next the week, cook-off. they went to Foxborough with Brock Osweiler under center. And the the Tom Brady had like an uncharacteristically bad game that kept them in it. Like he, th- I think Brady, I think Brady got picked twice in like the first half or some shit. And the Texans still ended up getting their asses kicked. They still lost by like seventeen points. But like if they if they weren't the Texans, they probably would have won the game. Yeah, or who knows? Who knows? Well, I, I can't. I, I yeah, exactly. exactly. Brock Osweiler retired too. He's he gone. did. The Brockett ship has been decommissioned permanently. <laughs> damn shame. Until until the XFL comes a calling next year. Yeah. Exactly. But so, so yeah, I'm going. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, I I'm gonna go Texans on this one. I'm gonna. Split oh. With you. Yep. I I just I, I I if Will Fuller is healthy, if Will Fuller plays in this game, I think their odds skyrocket. Yeah, I mean, Will Fuller. That's the thing. the one um vulnerability that Chiefs have in the secondary right now is is ironically Kendall Fuller, and Will Fuller would probably see a lot of him if he was healthy. So that 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 could play in Houston's favor. 
But I don't know. But then they actually might put because they, they might put Tyron Matthew on him. They might. I don't know because I don't. Well, know. I mean, Matt, Matt Matthew's more of a safety, so that might. They're, but he but he plays slot corner. Matthew's mad versatile, dude. He's not just strictly. I mean, he play, he plays most of his snaps in safety, but he, he they move him around. They, he's kind of a, he's kind of like a he's kind of a Swiss Army knife now. They put him a slot corner. They put him an outside linebacker. They blitz his ass. Like he'll, they'll throw him all over the freaking field. Spagnolo has been very he, creative with him. He, he's the honey badger, man. He just exactly. Wants to eat. And, and also Spagnolo, that Houston line freaking sucks. Obviously, as Bills as the Bills defense uh, showed you last week with their forty two sacks, Steve Spagnolo <laughs> will blitz them into oblivion. So that's another, yeah. another check mark for the for the chefs. IMO. So, so we're on all a right. football game now. Look at this. Yep. Moving on to the final game. So Seahawks at Packers. So I just want to say it's going to be crucial. Uh, do we know if the Hawks are going to getting are getting Dwayne Brown back for this game? I don't know. It doesn't look. I don't. I don't. It doesn't seem like it. They might. I know the one guy they might get back is Mike Upati. He looks like he's a pretty which good. Which would be uh, a huge help. It, it would it would be it would be somewhat of a benefit considering I think they have like one I think the only starter they no sorry the two they have DJ Fluker who's their best who's been their best lineman for most besides Dwayne Brown for most of the year and Jermaine Effetti who uh, you don't want out there yeah. <laughs> Jermaine Effetti they wish he wasn't the starter right because dude it was an absolute bust and a half for them yeah he but sucked. anyway. Anyway, the, the Seahawks, they were able to stave off, like, you know, like, like, like we said before, like a, a limping Eagles team with a senior citizen at quarterback. But, the, the, you know, they're going to be and, going and up against a practice squad, a collection of practice squad wide receivers. Exactly. And meanwhile, the Packers are going to be coming into this game with people like Preston and Zadarius Smith. So, so Mr. and Mr. Smith are coming in, and they're no joke when it comes to collapsing the pocket. Um, and I think that's going to that's going to make life difficult for Russell Wilson. Obviously, he's no stranger to moving outside of the pocket. But again, with you know with, with DK Metcalf being you know a very you know I, I guess you know entrenched uh, you know sort of does, uh, deep threat who he might not be that versatile in terms of adjusting his routes. Um, you know to to uh, you know to uh, compensate for Russell Wilson having to adjust. Um, again, like you have Tyler Lockett, who's steady, but outside of Lockett and Metcalf, there isn't a whole lot of guys who can make this passing game pop. Uh, are you telling and, me you uh, don't love David Moore? Who? Number 83, I'm, I'm man. Come on. He caught a few passes last weekend. Yeah. But Jerron but Brown. Ba- but basically, uh, Mike, Mike Pettin's pass rush is going to create problems for Russell Wilson. And as, as magic as he can be, I don't think, I think this magic is going to run out. Um, I, I also think, you know, I, I think this Packers offense, along with being led by Aaron Rodgers, is going to be able to put up the points. Eventually, I think this game is going to be like a consistent two-score, one-and-a-half score lead for the Packers with the Seahawks staying really? in it. Yeah, but, I, huh. yeah, but uh, no, I, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers takes over in this game, and I think that offensive line for the Seahawks eventually fails them, um, ultimately fall, uh, following their team. What about you, Chris? Tell me. Now, see, I think this game is interesting because I think I think if I was a, a man of bold takes and and uh, gambling, I would say this is the like odds-on favorite to be the ugliest game of the weekend uh, for two reasons. Because I don't think Green Bay, outside of the pass rush you just mentioned, really just those two guys and Kenny Clark. Sorry, Kenny, Kenny Clark can get after the pass or two yeah. on the interior. So. Outside of rushing the passer, I don't think there's one thing this Packers team does particularly well. You don't believe in Matt attack- LaFleur? Matt no, LaFleur. I think, now, 
Now they can. Now they can score. They can run and they can pass. But you don't know when it, there, it, it, there's an on and off switch. You don't know what the hell you're going to get. Because Rodgers has been, been nowhere near his peak for most of the season. Aaron Jones is like he's a different running. He's different back every week. And obviously they have the talent. I mean, Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league still. And they plays Alan Lazard, friggin' uh, Valdez Scantling. I mean, they have guys that can make plays. Geronimo Allison, like they have guys that can make plays. It just, it's just like they just don't every week. You don't know what the hell you're going to get out of them. And on the on the case of Seattle, obviously they got Russell Wilson. They got Pete Carroll, who, as I said earlier, has a big coaching advantage. But they're also dead. They have, as Liam said, their offensive line, which is always bad, is is atrocious right now. Russell Wilson has no time to do anything, which again has kind of just been the norm for the last five years or so. And their defense is soft and garbage. So I think this game is going to, tr- and also without Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, they can't run the ball consistently at all. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I forgot to even mention that there is no running game outside of Marshawn Lynch. But, so I think it's going to come down. I think it's going to come Homer. down to a couple things. <laughs> it's going to come out because Philadelphia to their credit, the Eagles have a terrific run defense. And that's about the one thing that's still in pretty good shape was their front. And Fletcher Cox just feasted on that crap offensive line. I mean, like it was, you couldn't like, you couldn't get like to go two or three plays off Fletcher Cox, like making up, making like disrupting something on the, something on the interior, like blowing a play in the backfield, getting Russell Wilson's face, something like that. So I think it's going to, this game is going to come down to two things. Um, who can establish the run? And I think you can establish a run on both these teams. Seattle's run defense is better is is not quite as vulnerable as their pass defense. Green Bay's run defense sucks. So if Seattle can establish the run, which I think is possible this week, unlike with Philadelphia, I think I think Homer and Lynch could possibly get uh, get that so uh, could establish something. Uh, so you got the got the run number two is between it's the duel between quarterbacks. Because these guys are the two best quarterbacks left in the playoffs. I'd say easily they're, they're definitely – I think it's not debatable. They're the, only, they're the only two guys with rings, so they're definitely the two most accomplished because the AFC is mostly a bunch of young guys, got second, third-year quarterbacks, with and, and, and Tannehill. So mm-hmm. that that's it. So you got guys – I mean, Christ. I mean, there's – nobody in the AFC, if I'm not mistaken, has more than one playoff win. Not that, I, not that I'm aware of. No, Deshaun Watson has one. Ryan Tannehill has one. And Patrick Mahomes has one. That's Ryan Tannehill has so, a playoff win? Oh yeah, yeah, duh. Against the Patriots, yeah, yep. yeah, duh. Correct. So the NFC. So these are the two most accomplished. So I think it's going to be just going to be a battle between two veteran quarterbacks who have carried their teams on their back at times. Russell Wilson more so, just because because he, he just hasn't been a lot of the talent that Rodgers has seen. Um, and I think it's going to be those two guys. Just really, I, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch because I'm. I mean, like, who doesn't like a good quarterback showdown? And hopefully, we'll get that on Sunday. And I feel inclined because I think. I feel inclined to go with Russell Wilson because of his of his aforementioned better performances in the playoffs, but I think the Seattle's health will ultimately cost them. And I'm going to go with the Packers. Also, yeah, in the I- games at Lambeau, which also helps. So obviously, when you, when I think you have like a coin flip type of situation, you you, you have, kind of have to lean towards the home team in in those situa- in those situations. Exactly. I'm 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 going to be going with the Packers in this one. They. You know, d- despite the fact that they haven't had a huge identity this season, as as you said, they're still pretty healthy on both sides of the ball. So the things yeah. that have been working they have a huge for them this season, yeah, the, so the things that have been working for them this season, they're going to be able to keep on doing them and improve upon them. And every coach, you know, you're assuming kind of has that has that cookbook for the playoffs that people haven't exactly seen yet. So we're going to see what Lafleur has. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're going to see what LaFleur has cooked up, uh, you know, get, give, given the bye week, given a, a playoff bye in his first ever season as a coach. So that, that that's Somehow. definitely – Somehow, someway. And imagine if the Seahawks didn't get that false start penalty at the one-yard line or Hollister was able to get the – punch the ball in the uh, – was able to cross the plane on that last uh, – break the plane on that last uh, play there. They, the Packers would have been the one seed. Yeah. If the, if the Seahawks had beaten the Niners in that, in that Sunday night game week 17, which is insane. Insane. Because Green Bay, I think right now, like the most anonymous, like 12, 13 win team in league history. Yeah, you really haven't heard a whole lot out of Green Bay. But they, I, think also, I also think that's just because Aaron Rodgers is bitching and complaining the less. But yes, there's that. But they also just have, they really don't have a lot of like statement wins. Like their best win of the season was against the Chiefs without Mahomes. True. And they beat the Vikings twice. That's about it. Like they don't really have, and they got they got their doors blown off by about every other good team. Like the San Francisco embarrassed them. Um, I'm, I'm sure every one of them. Like if you look if you look at their season, like they really struggled with it. The few times they had to play like a really tough team, they got their asses kicked for the most part. So we'll see how that goes with them. But I, Green Bay again, it's hard to pick. You just can't pick. It's just hard to pick against Green Bay. Uh, all things considered, with with the fact that when you especially when you consider the health factor. Mm-hmm. But right. I, I do strongly disagree with this thing. I do strongly disagree. I'm surprised you think because that you think this game is going to be like a two score game because I think Pete Carroll's coaching ability and Russell Wilson will just be able to keep them in the game no matter what. It'll keep it close because Seattle, Seattle also well, doesn't get the here's the thing. I, I don't think it's going to Usually. be like I, I think it's going to be like a ten point or like eight nine point like or like okay. yeah, like, like like yeah like all right you know so we're worse like technically two scores but it's never going to be yeah. that far out I, I guess you gotcha. could say but it's going to be it's going to be fair infuriating enough. for Seahawks fans fair enough I, I think I think it'll be like a three four point game that's that's my that, that's my bold prediction <laughs> all right well we'll see so that is all for uh co- covering up so Chris any final thoughts uh yeah I think so I, I will say one final thing about the Saints so um, I think in order to reverse this uh, problem, I think they need to get. I think they need to fire Sean Payton and bring in a voodoo high priestess. So I think There's if they start no shortage of that in New Orleans, exactly. So I think if they go out of the bayou, get themselves a nice voodoo high priest or priestess, I think they will be in in business. I think I think the tide will turn. I think that they'll finally that'll finally instill some toughness into them in the off season, and it will get the uh, the gods on their sides. I'm pretty sure that's like the storyline for the next uh, season of American Horror Story. Yes, the New Orleans Saints become co. Yeah, it's 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 American yeah, yeah. Horror it's, Story. Yeah, no, it's dumb. Papa Legba. Papa Legba is gonna be their new head coach. <laughs> the voodoo, the voodoo god who, who does cocaine they're, off of his. Like, they're, gonna, they're gonna have like a big you know bowl of rum out on the fifty yard yeah. line before every game. Calling. Yeah. Them. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be great. No, there's gonna be, like, there's gonna be spells. And it's like voodoo dolls and other, but I mean, why not? I mean, you're in New Orleans, embrace every ounce of the culture. <laughs> All right. Um, I did have a final thought, but I can't even, because I'm now I'm just imagining Papa Legba as the head coach of the New yeah, Orleans I mean, as, as you should. But it has to be Lance Reddick, the guy who played him on American Horror Story. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Lance Reddick as Papa Legba. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd like, say, it, yeah. He's like, is, it, is, is this a one-game thing, or do you want me for the whole season, <laughs> or do you expect me to actually coach the team? I'm very confused right now. It, it would be, it would be, it would be tremendous. It would just be great if he, and then he would go and like startle fans in the middle of the game, or like at halftime. I want, like, I want in, Spencer Sizemore. I think that's the next step. Uh, yes, Spencer Strasmore. Yes, I agree. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he, but, but, but. 
he would have to give up his ownership position with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's fine because everything else in that show doesn't make sense and doesn't adhere to I mean, why not? the reality well, of football. So, so you want to be like that? So, all right. So here's a, he can sell the Chiefs. He can buy the Saints from Gail Benson. They can do a trade. He like Gail Benson. Here's the Chiefs. Now you own the Chiefs. I own the Saints. And I'm gonna be like George Hallis back in the day, where I own the team and coach the team at the same time. <laughs> why not? Because why, why not? not, dude? That'll be the Why Ballers does- reboot. The Ballers <laughs> reboot five years from now. When 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 Dwayne Johnson can't do action movies anymore, he'll come back to Ballers. And then <laughs> and he'll be the coach of the New Orleans Saints. Him and Papa Legba will be patrolling the sidelines <laughs> together. It'll be a beautiful story. That, that, that'll be prime HBO. Heartwarming. Heartwarming. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, I'd like to thank you guys for watching the Earful of Fantasy podcast special edition covering the divisional round. We will not be back next week, but we will be doing a Super Bowl preview show. That's right. That's so right. we so during so uh, so two weeks from now, we'll be recapping uh, the the uh, the conference championship games and previewing the Super Bowl. Three, three, uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Cause, three cause weeks you gotta, you gotta from now. Bye week. Got that bye week, baby. Exactly. So we'll, we're taking another three-week break. That'll be the season finale finale of Earful of Fantasy. It's been great so far. We will see you yeah. folks then. See you in three weeks. Enjoy. Bye. Oh, also, subscribe to us on your local podcast yep. provider Listen, or whatever. Subscribe. Catch us on Facebook and Enjoy stuff like that, football. Earful of Fantasy. On Twitter, at Earful of Fantasy. Definitely do that yeah. shit as well. That too. Bye. Au revoir. You've been listening to Earful of Fantasy on the Earful of Sports Media Network. Be sure to tune in next week. We're live each Wednesday night on Facebook and available every Thursday morning from your favorite podcast service. Support the show for free stuff and an on-air shout-out at patreon.com earful. And be sure to hit us up throughout the week on Twitter at EOFantasy. Until next time, check those trades and watch them stats.